Welcome to NGA Notable Lectures, a podcast offering a deeper understanding of all things artistic. The studio life of Anne Truitt, 1921-2004, is explored in the Focus exhibition, In the Tower, Anne Truitt. The first major presentation of Truitt's work at the National Gallery of Art, the exhibition celebrates the museum's acquisition of several major artworks by Truitt in recent years, including seminal works from the collection of the Corcoran Gallery of Art, as well as several outstanding loans. Bringing together nine sculptures, two paintings, and 12 works on paper, representing the different media in which the artist worked, the exhibition traces Truitt's artistic development from 1961 to 2002. One of the most original and important sculptors to emerge in the United States during the 1960s, Truitt is unique in the field of minimalist art. She hand-painted her sculptures in multiple layers to create abstract compositions of subtle color in three dimensions. Her art is infused with memory and feeling, unlike much minimalist art, and while most of her peers were based in New York or Los Angeles, she worked alone and independently in Washington, D.C. For a public symposium held on January 19, 2018, filmmaker Jem Cohen shares his portrait, Anne Truitt, Working, 2009, an interview and 16-millimeter footage made in and around her studio at the Yaddo Artist Colony and from her home studio in Washington, D.C., Cohen describes the genesis of the film and his memories of Truett from their time together at Yaddo. By chance, I grew up minutes from Anne's home here in D.C., so our paths probably crossed in my youth, even if I didn't know her. That would have to wait until the late 90s at Yaddo, the wooded artist colony in upstate New York, where we ended up having a number of concurrent residencies. Yaddo was very important to us. She had deep roots there and once even served as interim director. The colony offered residencies without directives or expectations, just a fully sequestered space and time to do what you most wanted as an artist. I think of Yaddo as the place where I first experienced that ideal and, inseparab and inseparably as the place I became friends with Anne Truitt. I'm not entirely sure how that happened, it may have been because neither of us was party social in the way some are at artist colonies, and that helped make us comrades. At one point during our stay, some artists decided to open their studios and gleefully organized an evening in which people were to traipse from one person's place to the next. The idea made me nervous. Anne was mortified. Not only would that break with the auto tradition, it would cross something else, a basic discretion she believed in. We passed. Anyhow, we got along, though I don't recall her not getting along with anyone, being a very polite, interesting, and interested person. But the friendship soon became quite special to me, which in some ways was odd, as I, as I didn't even know what kind of artist she was, what she actually did. I had no idea. She had plenty of other things she could talk about, and she talked about them very well, like the polar explorer, Ernest Shackleton, whom she revered, and history and literature. She may have been the most learned person I've ever met, which could be a bit daunting when you hadn't read the books, but she never lorded it over others. At the time of our first shared residency, I was working on a docu documentary, Benjamin Smoke, it will screen here in March, about an underground musician. He was a speed freak and an out queer renegade whose lyrics and behaviors were often transgressive. 
I wanted to have a small rough cut screening and felt some trepidation about having Anne encounter this character. She was approaching her 80s, a highly civilized, essentially discreet person who I figured didn't need to be disturbed. Still, I felt it would be rude not to invite her. I needn't have worried. She was a deeply curious person. And her comments about the edit turned out to be spot on. She saw the film's overall shape and noticed that there was an anomalously long stretch without color that threw things off balance. I fixed that. As for Anne being genteel, one night at the big group dinner table, the notorious writer Yukio Mishima came up in conversation. Anne noted that she'd met him in Japan. At a table full of writers, this turned some heads. Someone asked what he was like, and without a beat, she answered, like urine, at which the table gasped. The word was so unexpected. But she wasn't judging Mishima, and she most certainly wasn't trying to shock. That would have been inconceivable of her. She was just describing him as honestly, as accurately as possible. I would later hear her quote the Roman playwright Terence, I am human. I consider nothing that is human alien to me. I'd driven to Yato in my first car, a beat-up 1968 Chevy, which I'd had for more than a decade. I painted every inch of it silver by hand with, a, with radiator paint and a large brush and gave it a repainting at Yato. It was a primitive, mysterious form, like a shark or bullet, that I loved. Anne understood the car and the paint job completely. We drove in it to get cider and apples at a farm stand, a rare break from her firm, utterly steadfast work schedule. We also went to a local library one night for a screening of Don't Look Back, the documentary on Bob Dylan, which she loved. We talked about art on occasion, about Piero della Francesca and the astonishing clarity of certain Renaissance paintings. We talked about World War, World, World War I and Washington, D.C. and her children. We sat in a common room and read the papers, keeping up with current events. Which reminds me of when we were again at Yaddo in the fall of 2001. I arrived just a few terrible weeks after 9-11. The country seemed to be slipping into a panicked and to me belligerent nationalism in which maybe for the first time in my life, I wasn't at all sure I could say what I thought out loud, even amongst friends. I drove to the colony, found Anne, <clears throat> and followed straight into her studio, to which she closed the door. She wasn't shocked by what was going on, but she was terribly disappointed and deeply troubled. She'd been through wars, she said, and knew what they did. We said exactly what we thought about the erupting jingoism, the flags going up everywhere. We said what we had to, no hesitation and no holds barred. She was fiercely a peace person. Given the abstraction of her work, I think it's good to know that about her. There's an interesting argument to be made about how some artwork can be, even if apparently apolitical, the very opposite of war, and therefore quite political. But that's a thought for another time. I wasn't a painter or sculptor, but my parents took me to art museums all of my early life, many times to this very one. It was basic sustenance, as it was, of course, for Anne. Looking at art, trying to make some, was for each of us as important as breathing. And yet, I remember walking out of some discussion or presentation with her, and we sat outside on the stairs in the sun, and she turned to me and said, 
Well, at least we don't like art. I burst out laughing. It was such an incredible, perfectly funny, perfect thing for her to say. I knew what she meant, though I'd be hard-pressed to summarize it, and I hate to put words in her mouth. It had something to do with the difference between art and the art world, that competitive, showy, often grotesque realm of fame and finance. But also had something to do with but it also had to do with something she broaches in an interview with James Meyer, where he asks, when you had your first exhibition at Emmerich, the work must have looked far out and strange. And Anne says, it was a strange distillation of a person's life. The works were not devised and they were not art. I didn't make them out of art. I've never understood people who made art out of art. It's a key thought. Many of the so-called minimalists were interested in rejecting art as it had commonly been known and accepted. Some specifically wanted to make non-art objects. But often their approach, even in rejecting the artist's hand, couldn't but turn to art as a kind of field of the theoretical one-upmanship, in which even in rejecting traditional art forms, the game had to play out in an enclosed self-referential art world. Anne's work from a Anne's work drew from a different well and would not be played on the same field. And her work wasn't built on the rejection or destruction of what others did. It wasn't a game for her at all, neither a social nor a philosophical one. She grounded her work in experience, in memory, and crucially, in a physical sense of being in the physical world. I'm not just talking about the world's colors or shapes, to which her art rarely, if ever, has literal correlation, but about its gravity. But let me backtrack to Yado when I was first getting to know Anne and when it struck me that after weeks of talking with her and sensing the germination of a valued friendship, I still had no idea what her work was actually like. So late one night in the Yado library, I found myself looking for clues. There were no monographs there then, and her own artist memoirs had been checked out by other residents, but I finally found a few illustrated notices from past shows. Whoa. And now a terrible confession. I wasn't completely ignorant. I'd even once TA'd an introductory course in 20th century art, which included some attention to a movement called minimalism. But this, this was the kind of art I'd never really liked and didn't really get art so spare, so seemingly cold, that I had a hard time making the jump. It was frankly the kind of work that if I'd walked into a gallery show by chance, I might well have turned, around, turned right around and left. Standing there in the dark library that night, I felt knocked back, but I suddenly knew that whatever her work was, I would have to look harder and no longer accept the comfort of my ignorance. Because whatever Anne was, she meant it full on. She was no fool and certainly no huckster. She was the real deal, hardcore, and therefore without question, so was the work. I had a lot to learn, I still do. And you can't learn it from your productions and you're on the wrong track if the only question you can ask is if you like it. Because one of the things to appreciate, especially as we seem to be in a world running full bore in the opposite direction, is that some things have to be made regardless of concern for likes. So I found myself all the more amazed by the toughness, the sheer determination with which an artist could refuse to make such likability a primary concern. 
It's a lesson I also learned in different ways from Philip Guston. And I did eventually learn to like, to love some, if not all of Anne's work. But before that could happen, I had to plummet and to open myself up. There at Yaddo, as our friendship grew, I got very curious about why and how this woman ended up making that work. So I asked if I could make a little portrait and interview. I didn't know that I would make a film. I just like to document things that are important to me because for one thing, it's a process that helps me look and listen. I didn't know that she rarely had people in her studio and I didn't know just how beautifully articulate she would be about what she did. She simply said yes. I didn't presuppose an intimacy I had no right to, and there was certainly nothing of self-promotion in her acceptance. It just fell comfortably into place. We set a time. I came and carefully but quickly shot a couple of short rolls of 16 millimeter film with the spring-wound silent camera, and then I took out a little cassette recorder, and that was that, woof, 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 as Anne would say. The footage went into my archive. I didn't attempt to make something of it until years later, after Anne died. I came from New York to DC for the memorial and was generously invited to see and document her final studio. I again shot very little and with no set agenda. When her upcoming show at the Hirshhorn sparked me to actually put something together, I first thought that with so little material, it would be very simple to do. As soon as I started editing, I realized I was very mistaken. A film about Anne Truitt carries with it some interesting obstacles. First, one cannot truly show the work. The three-dimensional pieces in particular are too subtle and too dependent on the vagaries of light and on one's particular encounter with them. Records can and should be made, but one mustn't pretend that they can substitute for the work itself. It has to be experienced. I'd sensed that immediately when I shot the first rolls at Yaddo and chose black and white for something so very much about color. This was a means of acknowledging and accepting that I wasn't going to capture the actual pieces, that the core of the film would be her presence, her statements, and hopefully a bit of her spirit. I would serve as a kind of vessel. In her DC studio, my instinct now told me to shoot color. In this case, I wanted a counterpoint to the other material, to recognize the colors of her working environment, and maybe to intentionally awaken some contradiction necessary to the film. Next in the editing, I realized that attempting to create a one-to-one -one correspondence between what she says and what I show risks another betrayal just the kind of oversimplification that she so steadfastly resisted. So I had to take images of her surroundings and try to balance them just so, neither directly illustrating nor random. And some of the images had to sit back quietly in a way that would allow thought to take precedence over movement or grandiosity or other impositions. So I chipped away at it, wrestled with it to do the best I could. I used almost every single bit of film I'd shot. The trick was in the ordering. And of course, the saving grace was Anne's astonishingly down-to-earth, unpretentious, sometimes humorous, but wildly intelligent and clear way of getting to the core of her mission. And Anne, blessedly, never used impenetrable jargon. She talked like a human being. I'm thankful to have known Anne. And I'm thankful that in her work, including her extraordinary writing, 
she remains very present. The study and celebration of her work, the rightful placement of it in art, in art history through shows and gatherings like this, stabilizes and maintains that presence. Of course, I certainly didn't know her anywhere near as fully as many others did. Ours was a particular series of intersections in particular stages of our lives when we fell into an easygoing friendship that I wouldn't want to exaggerate. We did have good times together. I can definitely say that she was a most unusual mix of determination and humility. I found her funny and true, terribly honest, and sometimes aligned to great mystery. One day, towards the end of the last day at Yaddo that I had with Anne, just about a year before she died, I saw her approaching one morning, and when she got to me, she reported a change of some magnitude. She said, color is gone, line is gone. She may have listed a third disappearance, but I'm not sure and don't want to get it wrong. I would hope it's in a journal somewhere, maybe one of mine, but more likely her own. She wasn't saying it in despair, even though she was describing a loss. She said it in some kind of wonder. But whatever had shifted, it was a heavy turn. This was a remarkable moment to be privy to. She was working on a series of the all-black painting drawings called Piths, but I know she would still return to color again before she died. I can't say exactly what had transpired, and I may never know. Her work was and remains a gauntlet of sorts, and I'm also grateful for that. It challenged me in ways that are sometimes still unfathom unfathomable to me, but for which I'm glad. Because after all, it's possible that such challenges to one's limited use of one's own senses, to one's limitations of thought, are good for you. Not good for you like medicine, but good for you like the sky. Thank you. This has been a National Gallery of Art podcast.